This podcast is created for you by Grievewell, a nonprofit offering grief resources and services to adults in grief. Visit www.grievewell.com to learn more about our services and how we can support you through your grief journey. Welcome to the club for people who have lost people, a space for anyone to join in in an open conversation about grief and the unique journey we go on after a loss. Put on your headphones, pull up a chair, and let's talk about grief. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. So today is a little bit different in the introduction because we are going to talk about part two of our bereavement policy episodes. So part one was a lot about bereavement reform in the workplace and what we can do with policy and advocacy. Today we'll talk a little bit more on the side of the griever. So what does it look like when you return to work? How can the environment be impacted when you are returning to work bereaved? So we'll talk a lot about safe space and how to create a relationship with those in the workplace um, to ask for bereavement leave. We'll jump right in. It might be a little different than the last podcast because we are picking up mid-interview. So I highly suggest that you check out bereavement policy part one and we'll go from there. Since we're picking up an interview from last week, I'll do brief introductions. Anna is an HR professional, and she was willing to speak with us on bereavement and policy reform. She is really on the HR and benefits side of things. And then Laria is the marketing and outreach coordinator at Grievewell. She really organized the Zoom interview and really helped in terms of content creation. So we'll go ahead and pick up where we left off. What's the first thing you think of when you think that's a safe workplace coming back from bereavement leave? I think most importantly, and I think we kind of talked about this um, in the questions a little bit, is I think the manager has to have an honest conversation with the employee about what they need. So I think step one, when someone's returning to work, is you need to sit down and say, okay, what do you need? Do you need a reduced work schedule? Do you need a more flexible work schedule? Do you want to be here earlier so you can avoid people? Do you want to, you know, take a different time lunch? Just try to figure out what they need in order to help them get through it. And that can look really different for a lot of people. I mean, some people just say, nope, nope, I want to get back to work. Nothing's different. Everything's fine. This is my place to get away from my grief and to get back to my normal, if you will. Um, And some folks are the opposite. You know, they really need a reduced work schedule. Maybe they now have extra responsibilities they didn't have before. I always come back to the example of losing a spouse because we've had a few people where I work lose spouses and all of a sudden they don't have that second person to pick up the kids from school or to respond when a kid gets sick and he's picked up from school. So I think the manager really has to be conscious of the fact that yes, this person is, you know, you don't owe them maybe policy-wise or legally, you don't owe them this extra time, but I think as a human to another human, you owe them that courtesy of, okay, what do you need from me, and how can I make your life easier, and what is that going to look like? Maybe your workday looks a little different, maybe your schedule looks a little different, but, you know, what can I do for you to help you get through it? And that can be permanent, that can be for a week, that can be through the end of the school year. 
I think it's really just an important conversation to have. Um, instead of just saying, oh, you're back, that means everything's fine and you're back at work and we're just gonna move on like nothing happened. Right, and you definitely touched on the importance of team building and workplace relationships because in order to have a productive work environment, it needs to be something that's addressed for sure. If a loss is experienced, the support needs to be there from the workplace as well. Just knowing that you can work around it, we're willing to work with you. And it's not something, again, that you talk about until you have to talk about it. So it might be a difficult conversation to have, but I think it's definitely a necessary one from someone who is returning into the workplace. What is their bereavement policy? Like educating yourself on what your workplace's bereavement policy is will make this less stressful when it has to occur for you. Your relationship with your manager and all of these things are hopefully something that you have figured out prior to experiencing this loss for sure. Exactly. And yeah, like I mentioned, we always try to go over it when we onboard new hires, just like we're going to talk about, here's your vacation time and here's your sick time. We're going to try to talk about in case this happens and in case that happens. And while that's not necessarily a comfortable conversation, it is exactly what you said. It's good information to have because when, once you need it, that's not the time to talk about it for the first time. I think it so. comes back to, for me, what we were talking about with the, the managers and their sort of interpersonal relationships and maybe thinking about training and stuff, which I know we've talked to Anna about before, is that idea that those are your advocates then in that scenario, that they're the ones that are going to be advocating for um, you yeah. needing a certain number of days off or whatever other support it is. And, and I think that is often overlooked, too, in thinking about who your advocates actually are within the within your your job or your company and how they're being trained to serve that role? Coming from someone who has had to ask for bereavement leave, I think it's hard when you return to work, you're trying to focus. It's a very social interaction. So when you're working and you have all of these relationships you're witnessing, you leave with this sense of, I just left a funeral. That's where my family was. I just left this place. That's where my family was. So it's even harder when you're looking at productivity and trying to focus. And I think focusing is also a huge thing that we talk about a lot in the field of social work when we are going through a personal issue, trying to focus on something when you can't get your mind right and get yourself taken care of is super, super difficult. So then when you add work into the mix, you're now trying to focus on work, doing the best for your employer that you can do, but there's all of these things that are working against you in a sense. So it's really hard. And I think that's one of the important reasons we need to invest in bereavement reform is like you said, everyone experiences grief. It's something that unfortunately you will probably have to ask for at some point. So what's the most appropriate way to go about it? How can you do it? And what's like the easiest way for an associate to be able to ask for it. So I think having all of those things in place and having specific bereavement policies in place will allow that process to go much smoother. It'll be easier. It's one less stressor off of the person who is grieving. And it is something, like you said, case by case basis for sure. But I think that's one of the most important things about bereavement reform is just having that moment of okay, this is one last thing I have to worry about in the workplace. And when I return, that's taken care of. 
Exactly. And I think a big part of that, I know I touched on a little bit earlier, offering for someone to take an unpaid leave just really isn't enough because now you're putting them in a position where they have to choose between their mental wellness or their ability to support their family. And that's not a fair thing to ask either. And again, you're not going to get the same productivity out of that employee. So having them be physically there, but not being able to concentrate, not being able to get their work done, or I, what you mentioned is great, be, having to interact with customers. I mean, I'm so I'm in an HR role, I'm in a back office role. I can clear my day and not have meetings. I can hide away in a conference room and work on things where I don't have to interact with people. But if I'm a frontline person who interacts with customers day in and day out, how am I supposed to do that while I'm trying to hold it together? So I think it's just, it affects people that are working in customer service roles, um, your food service folks, and then you have people in roles that can hide away in their office for as long as they need. And when a company actually goes out of their way to have an equitable policy, you avoid some of that inequity in your different layers of staff. And I think something that I learned at Three Well too, we talked about like having that interaction with customers, having a safe safe place at your workplace. So if you're overwhelmed, if you have a moment, feel free to take a moment for yourself. Even if you have returned to work, no matter the amount of time, if it's the day of, if it's five weeks later, if it's two years later, being able to have a safe place at work, if you feel overwhelmed, you feel the sense of emotion, is also super important. So I think that's part of creating a safe space um, for when you're returning from bereavement leave. So we've talked about bereavement reform and all of the things we can do to help companies understand the importance of training, but on an individual level, from the griever's perspective, from someone who's asking for the bereavement leave, it's important to note that that is one thing that you can do for yourself when you look at returning to work for sure. Yep. And I think you have to, exactly what you said, have that trust and have those relationships at work. Because if you work in a toxic workplace where you can't say, hey, I just need a moment and walk away and take that time and you feel the pressure to just put on your brave face and get through the day, that's an issue as well. And that's, you know, we could, we could do a whole separate podcast on toxic workplace. But um, yeah, you have to create a safe space, especially for somebody who you know is grieving and trying to come back to work and trying to get back to this new normal that they're experiencing, you have to give them a little bit of leeway to say, hey, I need to take a break or I just can't today. They have to have that in order to, you know, be able to return and be comfortable, but also not have to hide their grief. As we transition from talking about safe space and returning to work bereaved, we began to talk about coronavirus and the state that that has left the United States in currently. Our conversation took place in June of 2020. So this interview was done about a month or two ago. So as we all know, things are changing every single day. And we talk about this post-COVID world, even though we know we're still in the middle of COVID. And It's not post-COVID. It's not going to be post-COVID anytime soon. However, I thought that it was an important note to bring up in this podcast in particular because we're talking about returning to work from being bereaved and returning to work after grieving. And as you'll hear us talk about, we are all grieving 
so many different things right now and I just felt that it was important to end uh, with kind of a current topic and I'll just let us get into it. So as we are transitioning into the COVID era, there's no foreseeable end to this. So how do we kind of look for bereavement perform, track bereavement leave when many employees are still working from home? What does that look like from the HR perspective? So I think that um, the whole uptick and remote work and COVID and all of that isn't just gonna change bereavement, it's gonna change a lot of the way that we take time off. So again, if you're somebody who's able to work from home, which again is disproportionately going to be mid to upper level positions, uh, but take those folks instead of having to take uh, vacation time for, you know, whatever, an afternoon off, I can now get up extra early and work a few hours in the morning and maybe jump on for a few hours on Saturday and now I haven't had to use any vacation time. So I think we'll see that happen uh, with bereavement as well. And I'm not talking about uh, a major loss that creates, you know, several months of grief, but maybe just the attendance of a funeral. Now it's maybe a little bit easier to get away for a day and make up that time later without needing to take that paid time off. And I think if there's a silver lining to COVID at all, it's that it's forced a lot of employers to step into the 21st century in terms of technology, work from home, flexibility, things that just weren't um, prevalent in a lot of more traditional industries. And now we've been forced into it. And I think once employees have gotten a taste of that flexibility, and again, not just for, you know, a funeral or some other um, grief-related item, but just in general, just the flexibility to work a little bit later or work a little bit earlier or work on a day that you wouldn't go into the office, I think it's just really going to change the way we work. And I hope that it also changes um, the bereavement policies as well to be more flexible. And again, if you need more time off, if you need to work strange hours because you now have additional responsibilities, I think that's going to be more plausible in a post-COVID world than it was in traditional industries before the pandemic. At least that's my hope. I think that's what we're all hoping for, yeah. Right. We're talking about obviously grief and more of a loss context, but I think a lot of people are grieving just for their regular lifestyle. Grieving, maybe grief is a strong word, but um, for, you know, not being able to see family, not being able to take their family vacation that they take every year, having to work from home when they don't want to, not being able to go to the gym, which maybe is a part of their mental health routine. I mean, we can get into this whole range of topics that aren't even about death, but actually just about losing your normal as, you know, obviously an effect of COVID. So that, like you said, we could do a whole other podcast on that. And something, I mean, before this came to fruition, <laughs> it's something that we were looking at in quarantine because this was something that would have never happened. Zoom would not have been a thing. I would have to say, hey, Anna, can you meet me in the office this day, this time? We'll sit, we'll have a discussion, we'll have coffee, and now we're here on Zoom exactly. trying to figure out this new normal as you stated so I think that grief is a huge part of the society we're living in we are grieving the changes we're grieving so many things right now we're grieving the loss of people and I think the loss of new normal too when 
we welcome the team back when you finally start to have social interaction. It feels so weird in this post-COVID world. We're still in the middle of COVID too, but like just being out of quarantine and out of my (laughs) 600 square foot apartment, like to be able to go somewhere and have a conversation with someone is just mind-boggling to think about where we go from here, where does grief kind of transition in this post-COVID world? As we begin to wrap up today's podcast, we will do a quick summary of things you may have learned today. Today was really about bereavement from the viewpoint of the griever. We talked about the importance of workplace relationships and having the support at your workplace when you are returning to work. We also discussed the importance of having a safe space. We kind of got into the realm of COVID and where bereavement reform will go from here now that COVID is happening. As we end every podcast, I would like to end it with a self-care tip. So this self-care tip is a little bit different because I really wanted to consider bereavement and also COVID and the current times we're living in. One of the most important things that I've read over the last few weeks is the importance of limiting time on social media. Social media can be a great place where we connect with one another. However, social media is also the place where there's this constant comparison of what we're doing versus what someone else is doing and It can create a really toxic environment when we're looking at the times we're living in. We're spending so much time on electronics for work and school and research now that none of that can be done in person. And not none of it, but, you know, most of it is done online now. And social media adds another timepiece of being on the computer, being on your phone, being out of the moment that you could be living in. I'm not saying don't get on social media at all, believe me. My phone was broken for the last two weeks. (laughs) And that time for a social media detox and to detox from my phone, it was a really nice detox to have away for two weeks. Try to do it once or twice a week. Try to see what you can do, like learn a new skill or read your favorite book read a new book, try something other than social media. That brings us to the end of this podcast. I hope you all have a safe and wonderful week, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon. This podcast is created for you by GrieveWell, a nonprofit offering grief resources and services to adults in grief. Visit www dot to learn more about our services and how we can support you through your grief journey.